0: So there's no out-of-the-box happening this week because Vivid is taking over your radio, so you've got such acts as James Vincent McMorrow coming on the air, Anna Calvi is going to be on the air as well, so that's every midday till 1 on FBI radio this week. But next week, you can catch Out of the Box live in the flesh. So if you want to see how we do it, how we make radio outside the studio, you can come down to Carriage Works, go down to the far western end past the Anna Schwartz Gallery to the You Imagine What You Desire exhibition at the 19th Biennale of Sydney and we're going to have artist Henry Coombs in with us on that day so you can be part of the audience, you can probably fire off a couple of questions For this week we've got Eli Horowitz, we're rebroadcasting the one that was broadcast on July last year With Heidi Pett hosting the show. Eli Horowitz is the former managing editor of McSweeney's and the man behind the digital book The Silent History. And if you need any information about the outside broadcast next week, you can go onto our programs and playlist page on FBIRadio.com and check it out. But for now, you've got Vivid on your radio.
1: Out of the box, out of the box, out of the box. Meet people through their music.
2: With Heidi Pett
3: on FBI 94.5.
4: You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio, and this week we're coming to you from the Sydney Writers' Festival. My guest is Eli Horowitz. He's currently working on a project called The Silent History, which is an app. Or ebook, or we're going to figure out exactly what that is, but you might recognize him. He used to edit McSweeney's magazine. He's brought in a whole bunch of his favorite songs and songs that tell something of the story of his life, and it's going to be great to get to know him over the next hour or so.
5: Meet people through their music out of the box when i was a kid i would play a strange game with my father that i don't think i've ever seen outside of our kitchen it was called triominoes it was some kind of intellectualized form of dominoes where they were triangles instead of rectangles and uh, he would frequently play the greatest hits of taj mahal on the stereo as we played this and so this is one of my favorites from there she caught the katie
6: Baby she long, my baby she tall. She sleep with her head in the kitchen and her big feet out in the hall. And I'm still crazy about her. I hard at the of mine. I love my baby. She's so fine. I wish she'd come to see me sometime. A hole, I'm in. If you don't believe, I'm singing. Look what a shape I'm in. Katie, left me a mule to ride. The train pull out and I swung on behind. I prayed about a hard-headed woman, hard-headed woman.
4: of discovering he was writing a book slash app by saying each decision led to another in ways that seemed perfectly logical even necessary at the time but somehow combined to generate this strange creation but that could just as easily be used as a way to describe your entire career from carpenter to editor to Sweeney's to app creator and storyteller how did you even end up doing what you do
5: uh, i think that's a that's a fair comparison uh how i ended up doing it It was just sort of looking for anything to do and trying one thing after another and most of them not working and then every now and then something sort of works and sort of leads to another, so that's not much of an answer. Um, But, yeah, I worked as a carpenter. I was pretty bad at it. I quit that and then I started doing kind of volunteer carpentry for a tutoring center that McSweeney's runs to help build a pirate supply store in the front of the tutoring center and then that kind of led smoothly into being the managing editor of McSweeney's, but I hadn't done um, that at all, I hadn't done any editing or design before McSweeney's, but I am um, hadn't done any carpentry before I did carpentry, and I'm better at the editing than I am at the carpentry. <laughs>
4: I want to come back to talking to you a little bit about setting up lens Valencia and how you came to be editing McSweeney's, but part of the reason that you're here on the show today is to share some of the music that you're passionate about and that you love. I think we'll spend a lot of time talking about books and writing. But what have we got to look
5: forward to in terms of music? Well, you know, there's so many things to look for, isn't there? Um, I brought, just to be safe, uh, the remix to Ignition by R. Kelly. I wasn't sure. You know, in, in America, I would have felt embarrassed bringing this. It would have been sort of redundant and obvious. But I thought there was a chance that it hadn't spread quite this far, but apparently it has. It's
4: definitely spread this far. I think I listened to that song in like 2002 when I still listened to commercial radio. I
5: yeah. think it's just a fascinating song on so many levels. It's almost existentially I mean, for one thing it's not a remix of Ignition. For another thing, he's constantly insisting it is a remix to Ignition. But also, was it even ever a hit? It just sort of, was it even, I don't even know if it was a single. It just sort of exists.
4: Wait, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it hasn't made it to Australia. I actually thought
5: it was a remix of well, Ignition. Well, it doesn't sound anything like Ignition. It doesn't have any of the same words as Ignition. It doesn't have the same tune as Ignition. Aside from saying... At one point, he says, put my key in your Ignition. But Ignition is like a terrible slow jam. But the remix to Ignition... Hot and fresh out the kitchen. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: maybe we And have at the to beginning,
5: he says, I think, like they're just going to break them off a little of the remix or something. Like, I don't usually do this, but I'm just going to give you, like, a little peek. And then he just sings the whole song. It just, none of it makes sense. It's, I don't understand. I mean, I don't understand R. Kelly on any level, but...
1: Now, usually I don't do this, but, uh... Go ahead on, break them off with a little previews of the remix. Now I'm not trying to be rude, but hey pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do, reminds me of my Lex is cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach, the way you got me playing the field. So baby, give me that, and let me get that. Running her hands through my fro, bouncing on 24s. This is why they say I'm ready, hot and fresh out the kitchen mama rolling that body got every man in here wishing Zipping on coke and rum i'm like the water i'm drunk it's the freaking weekend maybe i'm about to have me some fun bounce 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 bounce, bounce. Come on. Nice like murder, she rolled. Once I get you out the clothes Privacy's on the door But still they can hear screaming, mo Girl, I'm feeling what you're feeling No more hoping and wishing I'm about to take my key and Stick it in the ignition So give me that Let me give you that Running her hands through my fro Bouncing on 24s Why they saying I'm the ready? It's the <laughs> remix to Ignition Hot and fresh out the kitchen Mama ruling that body got everything Wishing, sipping on coke and rum I'm like, so what, I'm drunk It's the freaking weekend, baby I'm about to have me some fun Crystal popping in the stretch navigator We got food everywhere As if the party was catered We got fellas to my left Honey's on my right We bring them both together We got juking all night Then after the show, it's the party, yeah About all so you gotta Clear the lobby. Dear. take it to your room and somebody can I get a two, two Can I get a beep, beep, Running her hands through my froze. Yeah, yeah, bouncing on twenty four. 24, come on, they say the is yes, the remix to ignition? Hot and fresh out the kitchen, mama ruling that body got every man in here wishing. Zipping on. on coke and rum. I'm not what I'm drunk, girl. it's the freaking weekend, baby, I'm about to have Digga. me some fun, come it's the mix to ignition, and on, hot and fresh coke. out the kitchen, yeah. I'm a-ruling that body, got every man in here wishing, sipping on coke and rum, yeah. I'm like, so what I'm drunk, uh-huh. it's the freaking weekend, baby, yeah. I'm about to have me some fun, come on, uh. girl, we open in this gym, fogging windows up, blasting on.
5: It's just a remarkable song. You can also find, this is a small thing, but if you go online on YouTube, there's a very short clip of Michael Jackson in the back seat of a car about a year before he died, dancing to that song, the remix of Ignition, and um, just in a very kind of casual the way he kind of dance in the back seat. But it will really restore your faith also in Michael Jackson as someone who continued to be Michael Jackson until his death.
4: The idea of Michael Jackson dancing casually is just causing a little bit of cognitive dissonance for me. I don't really understand. Yeah,
5: no, it's a beautiful thing. Also, as a strange side note, the car, I think, in this clip is being driven by uh, Brett Ratner, who directed movies like Rush Hour and Rush Hour 2. So it's just kind of all the cultural elements colliding into one car.
4: I'm going to have to go and look that up. Um, Now, aside from the really, really strange things that you know about R. Kelly and Michael Jackson, what you do know a lot about now, despite the fact that you seem to continue to insist that you don't know anything about anything that you do until you've done it, which I'm not really sure how that works. But McSweeney's is a publication that is held in huge esteem all over the world. Um, And you were lucky enough to edit it, and you were saying that you'd never done any editing before. How were the first couple of weeks? Was it terrifying, or did you just kind of figure it out?
5: Well, you know, at the core... Editing is just about reading, and I was definitely always a reader. My mom was a librarian, and so I'd always read a lot of books, and I think a lot of the best editing is if you can respond to the manuscript just as if you're a reader and respond to the author as if they're a human being. And in a way, those are simple things, but also they get lost a lot when you sort of think, I need to be an editor. I need to always know the answer. I need to talk about it in this high fluting way. So... I tried to keep it simple, and, you know, most writers are pretty excited to be edited. They actually don't get a lot of attention or a lot of editing, so, you know, we just figured it out together, and it, I guess it worked out.
4: <laughs> Did you have people trying to give you advice, like, these, these are the rules, this is how... No, that's them. not how...
5: I'm ex- there was no one to give me advice. I mean, there was no one. If there were other people, I wouldn't have become the managing editor. That's It's just, they were desperate.
4: <laughs> I was more thinking, I guess, um, in terms of people from outside, I'm not sure if you managed to read that the post that Grimes made a little while ago about she released this album and she'd done a great job, except she was getting people from outside offering to help her because it was assumed that as a woman she knew nothing about music production. Uh And I was wondering whether you were getting other editors kind of going, oh, you're editing (laughs) what are you even doing? Here's how you do it.
5: No, I don't know why not. I think partly because, you know, McQueen sort of cast the shadow, but it's still just independent publishing, so no one really cares and there's no money and there's no stakes. And um, also we're in San Francisco, not in New York, so it's, there's a little bit of a scene, but it's kind of out of the, the biggest crowd of publishing. So. But I don't even think... I don't know if anyone says they know how to edit as sort of like an objective thing. It's, uh, but no, I would have probably welcomed it if someone had told me something instead of just making it up.
4: Now, you've got a couple more songs to play for us on the show today. What will we go to next?
5: I don't know. Maybe we should go to the Sam Cooke. Uh, This is just, um, you know, this is not a personal story. This is just kind of an objective story. I think this is probably objectively the best album of all time. Sam Cooke, you know, he's sort of this legend, but actually a lot of the Sam Cooke I heard for most of my life I didn't care about very much. He sort of was trying so hard to be a crossover guy, I guess, that he, it all has this real sheen to it. But then this one album, I think it's uh, Live at the Harlem Square Club, 1963. It's this one concert he did in Miami, and it's just... um, the whole thing is killer, start to finish, and so the only thing that's hard is to pick out the song uh, in a radio format because they all have this long build-up, most of them, of him sort of bantering with the crowd, and the music is kind of vibrating as the tension is building and stuff. Um, so this one, "Nothing Can Change Us Love," is a little bit, at least, it gets into the action a little bit quicker. But the whole thing is just, it gives me chills still. I need
2: you.
3: I'm kind of lonesome without you. You understand? <laughs> It's been a long time since you've been in my arms, darling. I've never stopped loving you. So why should you let a little misunderstanding stop you from loving me? But I want you to know that whether or not you're bringing on home to the I want you to know that nothing can change that love I have for you. Spend all my money if you want to, baby. But listen to me <laughs> Nothing can save that love I have for you baby Make me cry Sometimes Oh but listen But nothing can save that love I, I do, do you understand what I'm talking about? Let me hear it Oh yeah Say oh yeah Nothing can save the love I have for you baby Oh yeah And I want you to know that If I go Cause I know that nothing, nothing can ever change That love I have for you Let me tell you what you can do You can can make me weep And you can make me cry See me coming, baby And you can pass me by But I know that nothing, nothing will ever change That love I have for you let me tell you why nothing can't change it. Cause oh, you're the apple of my eye. <laughs> you're cherry pie. And oh, you're, you're cake and ice cream. And oh, you're that. your sugar and spice. And everything. You got back for the baby. I just saved well from home. Cause I know that nothing I, Oh, nothing can ever but that thing I got for you. Come on, boys, it for me. More time. Oh, you're the apple of my eye Listen to me, you're cherry pie In case you understand, you're, you're cake and ice cream but Oh, you're like the sugar and spice And everything nice You're the girl of my, 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 my things. But if you wanted to leave me
4: you're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Radio. My guest this week is Eli Horowitz. He's working on a new project, but he's done so much stuff, it's a little bit mind-blowing, and it all seems to not really make a great deal of sense in together. But the way that you explained it just then is, you know, one thing led to another. You were building a house, and then you were editing McSweeney's, which still seems like kind of a big job. Um, now, you were just saying that you're, you're kind of over-talking about your current project, but for people who don't know what The Silent History is, can you briefly just explain how it works?
5: Sure. It's a novel, essentially, but it's a novel that we edited and wrote and designed specifically for the iPhone and iPad, trying to figure out how these devices could open up new storytelling possibilities, because I was seeing the transition from print books to ebooks And coming from McSweeney's, we took a lot of care with the print books as objects. And so it was a little depressing to watch the transition, not even to fetishize the book itself, but just because it didn't seem like we were getting anything in return. The ebooks were just kind of a lesser form of what we were spending all our time on. So I got to thinking, well, what could these devices do that a book couldn't? What kind of new storytelling possibilities? And so The science History is an attempt to start experimenting with that. And so it combines serialization and collaboration and exploration. The story is told in 120 parts that you get one at a time per day. And then there's also these things called field reports, where if you want to explore the story more, you can actually— there's 300 spots all around the the world— about 32 of them are in Australia. And um, you can only read them when you're at the given location where that bit of the story occurred. So it becomes kind of like a walking tour of the fictional world using the whole physical world as almost the set, the, the movie set. And so it explains things that shapes the action, but it also tells you like, that's how that scrape got in the pavement. That's why that door is two feet tall. That's why that window is broken. But all weaving it together into the same fictional universe.
4: It kind of sounds like the best road trip
5: ever. It would be a road trip, but also like a road trip through like the Star Wars bar and Tatooine. You know, it's a road trip of a world that you've already become invested in.
4: It is really inspiring what people are starting to do now with ebooks and really explore the format. I know there's a couple of people in Sydney working on something called cuttings. And it's the same kind of idea instead of just deciding to put a regular book into a digital box. They've actually decided to, you know, take it one step further and actually explore it a little bit more. Are there people doing similar things who sort of inspire you?
5: People are beginning to emotionally I was inspired by the lack of it actually, a frustration with what wasn't happening. But I think it's great that more is happening now and that's what's really needed is just a lot of experimentation. It's too soon to know the answers or what's the right form. It's not that I'm saying, you know, it's all about writing about scrapes and pavement and broken windows. It just we need a lot of experimentation trying at all sorts of things. Some things will feel like gimmicks, other things will be satisfying, and we just try it all and we'll see what works.
4: Um, speaking of being inspired, I wanted to talk to you about how music interacts with your work. Do you listen to music when you're working? Is it background noise, or does it directly feed into what you're doing?
5: I do listen to music, but the music I listen to when I'm working is nothing to be proud of. Um, I've, you know, for a while I was you know, just had my whole kind of wordless instrumental mix that had some, you know, respectable, classy things on it. But then I realized what I really wanted to listen to was a uh, Pandora station based mostly around Enya, and um, the soundtrack to The Mission. It's this, like, late 80s movie with Jeremy Irons. It was a very nice soundtrack, as soundtracks go, but... um, yeah, I just pound that, and I, I try and work through it.
4: So you obviously haven't brought any of that into play for us. on the Well, I didn't want
5: anyone to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I would be so soothed I couldn't do the interview anymore. I would just be in a reverie. <laughs> Put
4: your head down on the table and go to sleep. Um, so there's no Enya, but there are a couple more songs in here. What else are we going to listen to?
5: Uh, we could do some Tom Waits, maybe. Uh, I, so I live sort of in San Francisco, but sort of north of San Francisco in western Sonoma County in the in the Redwoods, and that's also where Tom Waits lives. And so I know the specific little tiny town he's in, and um, sometimes I sort of sit around hoping to see him, but I, but I never have. But it seems like there's not that many people who would actually be worth seeing, worth stalking a little bit, but I think Tom Waits might be one of them. And so... Um, I think, what I'm, I think what we're actually going to play is uh, You Can Never Hold Back Spring, but really is a whole mess of Tom Waits that he just keeps doing it. I mean, there's a whole half of Tom Waits I can't quite take, the like kind of junkyard dog, sailor story kind of thing, but the other half, um, he just keeps making classics somehow. So Tom Waits, You Can Never Hold Back Spring.
7: can never hold back spring you can be sure I will never stop believing the blushing rose that will climb spring ahead or fall time
4: to FBI 94.5 or streaming online and mobile at fbiradio.com. My name is Heidi Pat. I get to hang out with you every week, but this week we're joined by somebody new. Eli Horowitz is programming all the tunes at the moment, and that one just then was You Can Never Hold Back Spring by Tom Waits. Now, you were saying just before, Eli, that Tom Waits is one of the few people that you consider worth meeting, Mm. um, or at least hanging around in a small town on the (laughs) off-tunes that you might walk by. Are there any other people that you really, really look up to that you would consider worth just hanging out in the middle of nowhere for?
5: That is a good question. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to meet a few people like that you know, through these different projects. Chris Ware, the cartoonist, is someone else who would, I think, be in that category. Um, I'm going to ponder that over the next 40 minutes or so and just perk up every 10 minutes and try and list another one for you. Daniel Day-Lewis seems like a strange man. That might be all right. I'll keep thinking, I'll try and give you some good ones.
4: Are there any people that you you have met in the course of your various projects that you have really, really admired? I'm just, I guess, part of what we explore in this show and something that crops up a lot is people meeting their heroes. I'm privileged in that I get to meet a lot of my heroes when they come in to talk to us and share some music. Um, but it does seem to be a bit of a common thread that often when people meet their heroes, it can be a bit of a strange or disappointing experience even. Has that happened for you?
5: Uh, a little bit. I don't know that I had those dreams so much. What's been really great is just to kind of come up with people. So some of the first writers I edited who maybe were around my age at the time, and so we were figuring it out together. Um, that's been, I think, the best relationship. A lot of times, when someone's already a hero, even if they're handling it really well and still really good guy and stuff, you can still feel a little bit of the hero on them, and it. it It's hard, I think, to emerge unscathed from having people think that you're a hero. So um, the heroes aren't my favorite necessarily.
4: Is that something that's happened to you, though? Because I know that for a a lot of people, the people who have been heavily involved in McSweeney's and the people who kicked off 826 Valencia are heroes for a lot of people. I know in Sydney, we've got Sydney Story Factory, which is, you know, it's been created as an offshoot of what happened with 826 Valencia. Have you ever had that uncomfortable experience? <laughs> well, how is it seeming? Is it,
5: are, you, are you deeply disappointed by how this is going so far? <laughs> are you disillusioned by my, no, I'm definitely by my arrogance? Um, I don't know. I hope not. I hope, I hope they have better ones. I hope they're looking for Tom Waits instead. <laughs> <laughs> there should be a thing where if you think I'm a hero, and then you offer alternatives. So for anyone, there's a better... Maybe that could be the next
4: McSweeney's list, as His. you can say. Like, I'm not your hero. Here's right. a A trans-
5: Right, like a translator, on. Google Translate for... Right.
4: Have you brought in any other musical heroes on the list today? Sure.
5: Like Let's China see. Itself? How about we can do... Um, David Berman is an amazing poet, and also he's the creator of The Silver Jews, which maybe doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but he's, he's someone, actually, who would have been on my list, maybe. Um, and then once I was driving from Nashville to Virginia for Thanksgiving, and... Um, I emailed him and stopped in and had lunch at his house. We had catfish, and he was a a sweetheart. He was actually a really nice guy and kind of a larger-than-life figure. And so I think we'll listen to the song, I Remember Me, which is sort of nice because it's a story song, and a story songs there used to be a lot of songs like that, and now they, I think, feel a little hackneyed or clichéd, or at least the the songwriters are afraid they will, and somehow he was able to, to imbue it with a kind of a new energy.
4: Let's take a listen to it
8: now. He almost walked into a wall Oh man, she was a sight to see And at the party down the hall He said you are the highest apple in the tree Out the window in the harbor He saw a little ship The moon was worn just slightly on the right And they slow danced So the needle wouldn't skip Until the room was filled with light And I remember you And I remember me The sunshine walking inside you And the man you could see in me So I remember me And I remember you So many beautiful days in a row now And the nights were perfect too Hand in hand down a water slide in Chattanooga They did not hide from love, you see. A winner's plane flight to Aruba. Where he threw a moon box into the sea. One day they were cutting flowers something to do on the bank of the road neath the cottonwoods and he turned to her to ask if she'd marry him when a runaway truck hit him where he stood So I remember you And I remember you And I remember you Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do And I remember me And I remember me A black hawk nailed to the sky And the tape is from the trees. Everybody said she needed to move on. That he was all but lost, so deep was his coma. he finally came to the girl he loved was long gone she married a banker down to Oklahoma he bought a little land with the money from the settlement even about the truck that it hit him that day he touched the part where the metal was bent and if you were there you would hear him say I remember And I remember him. I remember them. I remember them. I'm just remembering. I'm just remembering. Just remembering. I'm just remembering.
4: Now, you mentioned the guy who wrote that song in that sort of grand storytelling tradition was one of your heroes, and as people do when they want to meet their heroes, they just send them an email and go and hang out and eat some catfish with them because that's a totally normal thing Mm -hmm. to happen. But catfish seems to be something that crops up a lot. Are you kind of well-known for this catfish studio? (laughs)
5: Um, I'm maybe infamous for it. I, uh, I enjoy cooking, but I only cook things that use only one pot. I don't like a lot of rules and timing, and so somehow I've ended up with a kind of catfish stew, slop, kind of yellowish thing that I make. Um, I'm a little embarrassed to make it for other people, but uh, I enjoy it, yeah, and so it is something that people will bring up, and I can't tell if it's in a complimentary fashion or not, but I do enjoy it.
4: So when you say people bring up, like you're saying it's something that you might like to make just for yourself, so... How did, how did the story get out? And um, dare I actually say, how did the cat get out of the
5: bag? <laughs> you daren't. Um, you know, I think for a while I would be inviting people over. Or I think, I think I knew that people would have a certain reaction. They would sort of have a derisive reaction to my catfish stew, so I felt like I kind of need to throw it in their face to show that I was unbowed by their, by their snobbery. So I think it's a delicious soup. I'm not ashamed.
4: <laughs> As you shouldn't be. Um, but another aspect, I suppose, of the many different jobs that also, you do. Also, if I
5: may interject, catfish are one of the most uh, responsible fish, I think, to eat because of their role in the uh, food chain and the predators. They're, uh, you know, in our over, days of overfishery, catfish are one of the ones you should keep eating. I don't know if you even have catfish in Australia, but I want to encourage people out there to I, eat their catfish
4: I don't know that we do have catfish I guess the equivalent would be eating the carp out of the Murray River but I don't think that would
5: taste great and, well I won't go on about catfish but really you should look into it and very inexpensive too
4: I mean you can go on about catfish low right? on
5: heavy metals some of the, the, where the predatorial fish have a lot of mercury and stuff because they're eating the other fish and so forth the catfish that's not a problem for some reason just saying, you can be a snob or you can eat catfish
4: so your recommendation is don't worship Eli Horowitz and go and eat some catfish. That's what we're It's going a
5: two-part two plan.
4: <laughs> there are two priorities. Let's have a listen to another one of the songs that you've brought in. What have you got for us?
5: Well, where to begin? I think we should listen to Do What You Gotta Do by Roberta Flack. This is a good one to listen to when... Um, You know, you maybe have affection for someone and uh, maybe they don't have enough affection for you, but you want to make it like a heroic experience by you and you want to feel very enlightened about the fact that you're not going to be together. So do what you got to do kind of gives it a positive spin.
9: Man, I can understand How it might be
5: Do what you got to do by Roberta Flack.
4: And that was Eli Horowitz. He's our guest on Out of the Box this week. We're coming to you from the Sydney Writers Festival this time around, and it's a huge honour to be speaking to Eli. Now, something that I wanted to ask you about, because for most people, writing or editing, or working in any sort of creative industry, is this huge dream, and it's something that is very hard to do. I think Um, it's very hard to convince somebody to pay you to do it. So most people work in cafes and restaurants. I work as a waitress and have dreams of one day somebody paying me to make radio or to write stories or whatever it is that I end up doing. But for most people, the sign of having made it is not working as a waitress anymore. But you've actually, you went back to work as a busboy?
5: Yeah, I spent a little time. It was a uh, restaurant that a friend of mine started in a sort of very ad hoc way within another restaurant in San Francisco at the time. It was called Mission Street Food. Now it's Mission Chinese Food. And a good friend of mine from elementary school, Anthony Meant, You know they just there was a lot of energy but also not a whole lot of planning in the early days so they needed help and uh, yeah I found being a busboy really fun I mean I can't imagine how people do that as their full-time life because it's exhausting but I got really into it for a couple days a week because I would sort of feel like a hawk on the perch and then you see when the table is ready and then you swoop in and just clear it, and also it was very crowded. It became this kind of hot spot, and so a lot of the challenge was to keep the um, tables turning, getting new people in. So strategies of how to um, make people uncomfortable by clearing their dishes, before, you know, aggressively to send the message that it was time for them to leave. That was my specialty. What's
4: the best way of making someone uncomfortable? You if just they take, want to leave?
5: take, take their plates, <laughs> and then eventually. You can tell them it's time to leave. <laughs> you know, because it was all, oh, we're such cool guys. You can get away with stuff a little bit like that. But yeah, mostly just taking the plates, probably that they're finished with, but maybe pushing it a little bit.
4: Sometimes when they're not fork halfway to the mouth. I'm right. sorry. Well, if,
5: if the fork's happen. halfway to their mouth, they're not using the plate anymore. <laughs> That's why <laughs> the fork's there.
4: We've got time for a couple of the last songs. What do we end things on?
5: Well, what do you think? Should we go up or middle? I mean... I think we should keep on the sort of semi-sad soul track, and we can do Let's Live, an Aaron Neville song. I'm always always affectionate for these songs that are saying, um, don't worry so much and just kind of give in and let things be all right. So maybe we should uh, end with two of those, actually. We can do a, a double rock block, beginning with Aaron Neville, Let's Live, and then cruising right into the zombies. This will be our year. Why torture
10: yourself When you know you're in love Throw your pride in the ocean And be happy beneath the stars above Confess your feelings the ones you love, love, love and let's live before it's too late. Let's live. Why deprive yourself of the wonders of life? Time is getting shorter, of death. You missed the boat And let's live Before it's too late Let's live Why should you live In a sad I am making it, honey, and I'll do the same, let's live, before it's too late, let's live, before it's too late, let's live, live. you know and I know, I know it's too late, so Let's live, let me, let me live too
2: before
11: it's too late The world of your life's like the world from the sun And this will be our yet a long time to come The look of my life is gone. This will be all you Took a long time to come. And I won't forget the way you helped me up when I was done. And I won't forget the way you said that I love you. You anything me faith to go on. Now we're there and we've only just begun. This will be all year. It took a long time to come. And I love you, you gave me things to go on Now we're there, and we've only just begun this will be our year, took a long time to come, And this will be our year, took a long time to
4: to FBI Radio. This is Out of the Box. This week, I'm joined by Elo Horowitz. We're coming to you from the Sydney Writers' Festival this time around. He's been programming all the songs for the last hour or so. You can head to ondemand.fbi.radio.com if you've just tuned in and you want to listen back, or you can jump on the program page and we've thrown up a list of all the things that he's brought in to play for you today and a couple of things we've talked about as well. But one that I wanted to come back to, you and it's your current project. After all the other amazing stuff you've done, you've you've got this, and I. I don't want to call it a book, I don't want to call it an ebook. I don't want to call it an app. I'm not even really sure what to call it, but its name is The Silent History.
5: Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, it's an app, and then you can go onto the app store, and it's The Silent History. Um, and yeah, you, the story, you get a little bit every day, and then you can also explore the world of the story, and then you can also contribute to the story.
4: How do people contribute to this
5: story? Well, once you've downloaded it, there's just a button you can tap basically and you get the guidelines. There's sort of a five page document that gives you the pros and the cons and a little checklist and, uh, and then you just send it in and I'll be sort of I'll be there on the other end editing and curating it. And you put a little pin on the map and there's, you know, about three hundred other pins from United States to the South Pole to the Forbidden City in Beijing to Brisbane, all the hot spots of the globe. <laughs>
4: Brisbane is certainly one of the hotspots. Are there any field reports that come from Sydney that people can go out and check yeah,
5: out? Yeah, there's there's about 10 here or so, right along the wharves and throughout the city.
4: So people need to go to the App Store or do you have a website?
5: You go. Well, you can go to silenthistory.com and that's where you can find out more about the project. And then there's a link from there to the to the App Store.
4: Great. We'll throw a link on the program page. It's com out of the box under the little on air tab. Eli, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us today.
5: Thanks for having me.
11: we need, as long as you're open to the possibility, yeah. First, but you counted all the seconds and it made you feel worse i don't want to be here you just want to be there but it's awful complicated and you wanted me to be aware